Consciousness is often described as the awareness of our own existence, sensations, thoughts, and surroundings. But what is self-awareness? When did we become self-aware? How do we know we are self-aware? In this episode, we explore what it means to be truly alive in a world that is addicted to distractions. Here to talk to us about her story of self-love and helping other people have better self-mastery by embracing authenticity, filling their cups first, and creating impact by letting their cups overflow. An entrepreneur, a personal development junkie, a psycho-spiritual life coach, and certified advanced spiral practitioner who is passionate about empowering and helping people rediscover their magic so that they can get more of what they want in life. Sarah Suyum, welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Thank you for having me here, Julio. Glad thanks, to be here. Thanks for accepting my invitation to be on interviews with Mr. Midnight. I You're really welcome. wanted you to be on season one. So that's one of my goals. So thank you. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> and thanks for that beautiful intro. Also, I hope I got it all correct. So I based it on the form <laughs> that you actually filled up. So uh, hopefully I got all the terms correct. <laughs> that was perfect. Thanks. All right. Awesome. So before we kick this interview off, uh, maybe you can introduce yourself to the listeners, to people who may not have heard of you uh, or not yet following your page um, or not friends of you on Facebook. So a bit of introduction about yourself. What do you do? Who is Sarah, basically? Oh, God. I hate this question. <laughs> I told you I hate this, but um, that's fine. I am Sarah, and I am uh, an art and coach. Um, right now, most of them, most of my time is spent in helping people heal their traumas, um, come back to their journey to self-love, have more confidence in life, um, and have better self-mastery overall. And I created a page called Becoming Triggerless because mm. I like the phrase Becoming Triggerless. So that's my official Facebook page where I share most of my downloads. And I call them downloads because I do believe that all of the wisdom that I am sharing are not actually mine, but inspirations that I, I've gotten from the universe. Wow. <laughs> and I'm going to sounding very woo in here if you've never heard that term it's, a, it's just a term that means um spiritual and very spiritual and so most of my terms would be energy and universe and all of that <laughs> that's part of being a psycho spiritual coach i am a um, psychology graduate and i have a license i am a licensed psychometrician so that is my background but I have studied NLP hypnotherapy. So I'm in love with science as much as I am in love with the spiritual world. And for mm. me, in my practice, I kind of like marry the two, science and spirituality, because I believe that they are one. And the principles that I learned from both are the principles I use in my coaching. So that's me. I hope that gives a picture of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty awesome. So you created this page, Becoming Triggerless. So I'm assuming uh, becoming less triggered, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you define yeah. being triggered? What's your definition for that one? Good question. Uh, being triggered is simply having 
parts of yourself that are activated, which is where the trigger term comes from. If there is, for example, a situation, an event, a person, even just an object or a word that mm -hmm. you hear or experience and it elicits a particular response in your body that involves a set of emotions or a set of default responses, then you are quote-unquote being triggered by that mm. object or that, or that situation. And I created that page because I really want to help people understand that they have a choice. That is my whole, in my whole coaching career, all I want people to have more of is choices so that in whatever situation they are in, they are aware and capable of making choices because a lot of people would just react to situations, react to people, react to external events without actually putting much thought into things. They would mm. think that they are bound by their past or um, their previous experiences or their biases. Um, and you would hear this from people all the time. It's like, okay, well, why are you like that? Well, 10 years ago, this thing happened and, you know, this is just who I am. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you're still responding the same way? Okay, great. Let's see what's going to happen in 20 years. <laughs> so it's really important for me for people to become less triggerable. <laughs> That's a new word invented tonight, guys. Um, but when people become triggerless, then they have more choices available to them because they, they can think more clearly and respond appropriately and they're experiencing true freedom. That for me is what that represents. True freedom. Wow. That's that's actually pretty appropriate now. Like we we live in a world wherein it's very there's a lot of stimulus. There's a lot of stimuli all over everywhere. And mm -hmm. There's external, internal stimuli. And now that I think about it, you're right. Like sometimes we create this illusion that it's out of our control when in fact it could have been within our control. We just chose not mm -hmm. to control it. Mm, exactly. There's a principle that I always share with my clients. It's the 90-10 principle. And I think it's made famous by Stephen or something where uh, it, it's pretty simple uh, there's only 10% in our life that we cannot control but what the, the results that we get in our life 90% of that is actually based on how we respond so it doesn't matter what happens what matters is how you respond to what's happening in the same way it actually doesn't matter what you know or don't know what matters is what you do with the information that you know and a lot of people, just a side note, you know, a lot of people are so busy with um, going into the rabbit hole of like conspiracy <laughs> theories and like um, what the government is up to or what the neighbor is up to and all those things. And I'm like, well, okay, what do you do with that information? Does it enrich your life? Does it help you become a better person? Does it make you happier? You know, it's just like, why <laughs> would you focus on things that you can't control? Um, and there's a concept that I call the sphere of influence. It's very simple. This is for people who have, um, who are not aware or who are not self-aware. People who are not really doing personal development work 
for inner work and are too focused on the external world. Your sphere of influence, and you can imagine a circle right in front of you. Sphere mm-hmm. of influence of your thoughts, your emotions, the actions that you do, and the results that you get. And the results you get dictate the narrative that you have in your life. The narrative that you have in your life then influences your thoughts again. Your thoughts again influences your emotions. It's a, it's like a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And this is your sphere of influence. This is basically what makes up your life. And for people who don't do work on themselves and are not self-aware, not really interested in looking within, the sphere of influence is very small. It's tiny. But the more you do personal work and the more you become more self-aware, the wider that sphere of influence grows. And once your self-awareness and your sphere of influence grows, it doesn't shrink back. Once you have expanded as a person, once your consciousness has expanded, it will not shrink back. And life becomes a lot easier. I never I I, I was aware of like the idea of having this circle or sphere of influence but I never heard that you can actually expand it and that's actually pretty amazing you know like in there is actually no limit to how much you can expand your sphere sphere uh, sphere of influence you just have to as you said you have to work on it you have to develop it so that it, Mm -hmm. it expands 100% 100% like a muscle just like everything in life really what you focus on and what you work on you expand and you grow that's just how the laws of the universe work <laughs> so yeah that's yeah those are a few things that I share always to my clients and um, every time someone comes to me with a problem I just it's just a matter of like reminding them that they do have a choice that they can actually choose to change the way they see things and the way they take in and interpret things and change it to a way that will serve them better. Because we do have several thoughts, like we have in a minute, we have hundreds of thoughts in our heads, Mm -hmm. right? We have different voices in our heads. We have our monkey voice, we have meta voices, we have our inner, more authentic voice. We even have some people would call the gut voice or the intuitive voice. And there's, they're, they're always going like 24-7. It's all there. And it's a matter of choosing which voice you would listen to in any particular moment so that you can Number one, be happier. Number two, become less triggered. Number three, function better, you know, and whatever other more productive results you want for your life. Wow. <laughs> so for most of you, like your coaching clients, like what's the process like? How, how, how do you go about uh, helping, helping people uh, become more triggerless? Do you have like a specific process that you follow? Yeah, that's a great question and it's very timely too because I, uh, you have mentioned that I am a certified um, advanced spiral practitioner and that's a modality that is for me uh, just freaking amazing. So my, for those who don't know, uh, my background is in psychology and I do have a background in NLP and hypnotherapy. I've NLP, the first time I've heard about it is when I was still in, I think, high school. Mm. I, uh, because my sister is also um, an LP practitioner and is a psychologist and she one time brought home a book and the NLP is uh, NLP used in therapy and I'm like oh my god this is amazing the results are fascinating it's so fast it's like magic and I love it and then uh, as I was studying psychology and I wanted to help people I was like 
ah, oh my God, therapy seems like it takes a long time. I'm like, and I'm very, and as a person, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just one of those people who like fast results. And um, I realized uh, I don't actually want to proceed to like, becoming a psychologist or proceeding further studies to become a psychiatrist or a therapist and all due respect I love all of you guys and I think you're doing a wonderful job and you're definitely needed in the society um, it's just not for me because I want faster results so just for me on my personal preference I don't feel like it's the path for me and then I got I continued my interest in NLP and self-studied hypnotherapy as well and I was like, this is amazing. And it produces fast results, but it still wasn't enough. And when I came across this modality uh, through um, a person that I know <laughs> who's raving about the spiral and raving about how it's changed his life, doubled or tripled his um, income in his business and helped him like lose weight like 40 30 40 pounds in like two or three months i'm like what 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 are you talking about they're like maybe he's exaggerating but you know i'm open-minded and i'm always curious so i looked it up and he gave me a book and the book is clear your shit <laughs> it's a beautiful <laughs> book i recommend to everyone who's listening guys grab a copy and when i read it i'm holy shit did i write this book <laughs> That's that was my first reaction and I'm like I have to do this. This is this is what what I'm supposed to be doing. And at that time, I have a business. I actually am a as I've said I'm an artist. I have been a makeup artist for a long time because I'm very passionate in arts and I'm just really good at it. <laughs> I'm not even going to be humble about it. It it pays me good money and I already have a business, a studio in Davao City that is specializing in makeup with an amazing fan base, um, very loyal customers. And for the first time in my life, I realized what the difference is between a passion career and an actual calling. And I know it kind of sounds cheesy, but I'm like, I thought that I was already doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I thought that I already found my purpose because I'm great at it. I'm in the zone. I get paid good money and I serve my clients really well. And I'm already starting to grow a business. I transitioned from freelancer to um, a business owner, you know, and I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I'm going to grow this empire and have like 10 branches, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized when I read that book and I'm like, shit, it's like, I just felt this amazing, strong pull and call to do the work and bring it back to the country, bring it back to the Philippines. Cause I'm like, this is unheard of before. And I'll give you, I, I wasn't expecting to talk as extensively <laughs> about the spiral. In this call, by the way, but I, I, I think it's worth it. Um, so in the spiral, it's a combination of NLP, kinesiology, ancient um, uh, chakra energy systems um, modality. Uh, it has, in my own practice, I involve, because I have a background in, around it, I involve a bit of hypnotherapy. And of course, of course, my own psycho-spiritual coaching practice in it. But the whole 
point is that it's not just dealing with the mental emotional aspect of a person when you're coaching them or helping them heal compared to the traditional uh, therapy modality where you talk and you, you know you deal with the mental aspects and the, and the emotional aspect of things or problems or traumas uh, and I realized that the spiral is so powerful because if you have a trauma and imagine my hand the palm of your hands and you have five fingers there there's always going to be a physical mental energetic and spiritual manifestation of that trauma okay. for example with trauma that is heart related you will have physical symptoms of that heart trauma if you have that trauma that is again heart related you will have an emotional impact or symptom of that trauma if you go to a physician or a doctor they will cure the symptoms physically if you go to a priest or a pastor or someone who is a religious person or a spiritual person they will give you spiritual coaching you know and they will deal with the spiritual part of things and they will say that you lack purpose or whatever blah 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 and how i see it now is that all traumas are like Molds, <laughs> molds. When you deal with a physical symptom, if you don't deal with it with the rest of the the symptoms or the actual root cause of the trauma, it will just like molds grow back. <laughs> so you're just ad- yeah, you're just addressing one of it. You're not addressing the rest of it. I never exactly. like saw it uh, that way before. That there's actually multiple branches of trauma. Like you're right, like. Yeah. Doctors heal the physical, uh, priests heal the spiritual, um, guidance counselors heal like the emotional, I don't know. But there's nothing that heals everything. Exactly. So a massage therapist, if you go to someone who's like, you know, really also doing the physical work and help you with the physical stuff as well. And again, a therapist or a counselor or a friend would help you with or a coach would help you with the mental part and emotional part but again it, it you have to actually work with the same holistically overall so that you create permanent lasting changes and it doesn't grow back and that's what really clicked for me in understanding the spiral modality i'm like that's why it's so fucking powerful it's so potent because you deal with the whole thing and it's gone <laughs> and it's gone and you can move on and actually work on other things you know and it yeah that's got me hooked and i was like i'm so fucking privileged i need to bring this work back because like who who cares about the philippines like there's only less than 200 practitioners right now in the whole world and i'm the only filipino practitioner so i felt a bit of like an obligation a responsibility and also a privilege to be able to bring this back to the philippines and because i care i actually care and um my goal, my audacious goal, is to help raise the consciousness of the Filipino people, raise the frequency and vibration that we operate in on a on a mental, emotional, and spiritual level, so that the economy can improve, so that Filipinos no longer need to like fly abroad to find better opportunities, and you know, there, there's a bigger why to that in my you know personal agenda but that's the point like i want to bring this back to the philippines because we deserve it and there's someone else that can provide it right now aside from me so build the page becoming triggerless to kind of just like offer um an alternative to people uh to the filipinos to kind of just have a bit more idea of 
the spiritual side of things because correct me if I'm wrong but in my opinion there's not a lot of options aside from the religious teachings that we have like yeah. we are very strongly um what what's a good term for that we're uh, Christian we're country we're a religious country not just a Christian country but also other religious um sects in the country right but there's religion And if you go to a therapist, like people will be like, "Well, are you crazy? <laughs> Have you lost your mind?" There's a there's a certain taboo around personal development and therapy and all that. And I'm here to just tell people there's an alternative, you know, and give people more options. Yeah, yeah. I think it's about time that someone starts working on normalizing asking for help because that's really one of the biggest problems of Filipinos, you know. Even like the traditional psychiatrists or psychologists, even even here in the Philippines, it's not very common for Filipinos to go to a psychiatrist. And now, it's also like even like going to priests, you know, not a lot. Even though they were a religious country, not everyone mm-hmm. goes to priests for spiritual guidance, and those only those who are very devout. That's exactly. something that definitely needs to be addressed, and I agree with that one. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, like remove the taboo around uh, seeking professional help. It should be as normal as get, going to the dentist and having your teeth mm-hmm. checked and be maintained. It's it should be like that because mental health is as important as all other parts of your health, of your well-being. Yeah, a lot of how like. Did... <laughs> Sorry, how what was we... that? I was like, how did we get here? Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we started off with. Becoming triggerless, then we learned a lot about what it means to be a spiral practitioner and your goals. What are your end goals? What do you? What are you hoping to achieve? Um, speaking of like going back to like uh, be- becoming like spiral practitioner, your background in it is it something that like it, like the the decision that you made to actually become a spiral practitioner is this something that Is this something that is hard? Uh, that was hard for you to transition in? Like you mentioned earlier, that it was more of like a calling. So, mm-hmm. uh, for me personally, you know, it's very difficult to answer your calling. A lot of people have difficulty answering their own calling. So, what was like the yeah. process for you like? Ah, I love that question, Julio. Thank you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and I think you're, I already partly answered that question with, you know, just giving my background earlier. Um, I did say I was already extremely satisfied with the life that I'm living. Mm. I could categorize myself as a very successful artist. And who gets paid money doing the thing they love, right? Yeah, like, not a lot. Not a lot, and I consider myself as uh, someone who's really lucky to be making money out of like something I'm really passionate about. And I already built my team. I have a studio, I have a business, and I'm like, oh gosh, it is it hard like, to to transition to like sort of leave it behind in a way. <sighs> Definitely. Here's the thing. Um, yes, it was, and it's more of like a surrender more than a decision, to be honest. I was like, <sighs> I've been trying to kind of delay this for the longest time. And, but to be fair, um, I even wrote about this, I think months ago. And I said, originally I thought taking up psychology was a complete mistake because 
I ended up doing business. I was working arts and events and all that. Maybe I should have taken a business related course or maybe fine arts or whatever, right? And then I realized, no, I mean, no, it all happened for a reason. And obviously the reason is now evident. <laughs> um, so it felt more like a surrender. And I know that deep down inside of me, I've always wanted to be able to help people in this way to create really significant changes in people or at least help them achieve that and create impact in people's lives. So even when I was studying psychology, finishing my degree and working as an artist um, in events, I already know that there will come a time that I will put two and two together and make it work. So in a way, it was difficult uh, living what I already have built, living my comfort zone and all that. But I knew that I had no choice. In a good way. It was a, yeah. it was a good feeling of not having a choice. And when I surrendered to it, um, things started falling into place magically. And that's another piece of coaching that I always share with my clients. Every time you try to control things, you kind of limit your possibilities. And I'm gonna risk it and sound a bit uh, woo and deep in here, but every time you define yourself, you also limit yourself. Everything that you say after the words I am is already a limitation. Because you yourself is like a big, undefinable, magical person. And every identity that you attach with yourself comes with benefits but also with limitations wow um did that kind of like sink in for you yeah it actually reminded me like uh my interview last week we discussed uh we discussed something like similar this one uh it was about this new netflix show that i watched it was dash dash and lily I think, and mm-hmm. there was this one line in the show that I really, really like, which is, which is spot on with what you're actually saying. So it basically says like, if you keep arguing for your limitations, you will always win. Yeah, <laughs> amen to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah. So how, like, the field of psychology it's heavily rooted in in science but now Mm -hmm. you're also working in the spiritual aspect of coaching Mm -hmm. how did you manage like marry both like what was the process like Mm. well i think it's important to mention something that is uh, really significant in terms of influencing the psycho spiritual um aspect of me Mm -hmm. There's a book that is called A Course in Miracles. Have you ever heard of that? A Course in Miracles? Yes. And it's a psycho-spiritual approach to ending suffering. And oh. it's a, it's pretty full on, but uh, if you're into this kind of things, I would really encourage you to study it because it does actually allows miracles to happen in your life once you start studying the principles in there in the course in, in that particular book of course in miracles so it's one of my favorite go-to books um and then i just actually started remembering so i have i have this 
belief, right? That I can never teach people something that they don't already know. And so when I teach people or when I coach people, I'm actually not teaching a new concept and helping them remember something that they've forgotten. And I found that in my own study with several, several masters and teachers and authors and philosophers and all that, every time something clicks for me, it actually doesn't feel like a new concept. It, it feels more like a remembering of something that I already innately know. And that's not coming from ego. I say that with utmost just plain observation of how it feels for me. And I think that's applicable to everyone else. So I think once you start working on yourself and awakening your spiritual side, your spiritual aspect, as I've said, once you've expanded on your consciousness and expanded on your spirituality, it actually doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And I my men, I, I have a very logical brain and I love understanding things. So every time something comes up for me in the spiritual world, I look things up, I look for evidences and I look how this is explained, how is this possible? And it's impossible to not go to quantum mechanics <laughs> the spiritual world and the energetic um, scientific world, but quantum mechanics kind of links science and spirituality in a lot of ways. But I don't want to be talking about quantum mechanics in this podcast, it's going to take us forever. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. actually think like uh, I'm a strong believer that anything like faith, spiritual, or paranormal related topics or ideas, um, they're all just basically science that are yet to be fully understood. You know, oh that, my God. I am, I, I'm that kind of person. Thank you. I perfectly agree. 100% agree. And even before I started having like my own spiritual awakening and my own spiritual journey, the way I've seen religion, even as a young kid, um, is that everyone's actually talking about the same thing. There is no differences in religion. There's only one religion. And everyone's just using different languages, different names different interpretations of one fact or one truth and because they use different words and they interpret things differently and they use different references they feel like they're talking about different things but they're not <laughs> so everyone someone asks me do you believe in religion or do you have a religion and i'm like oh god how do i answer this i'm like you know what yes all religions are correct <laughs> i'm like what are you talking about the same different things how can they all be correct i'm like yep no they're talking about the same thing just using different terminologies but they're all correct they're all yeah. talking about the same and religion spirituality and science in the same way are one thing just i agree looking at things in different perspectives yeah i actually said this like before in one of my interviews that I truly, I cannot wait for the day to come when all religions suddenly realize that they are all wrong and right at the same time. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And for when science finally catches up to spirituality. Yeah, and like if you think about it, right? Like, you know, what we think as like uh, 
telepathic like long distance long distance communication uh like people say that it's something like magical or actually probably some technology that is yet to be discovered who knows that some exactly. maybe can amplify our thoughts towards thousands of miles and exactly. we just have to learn to understand it so yeah spiritual religion they're all just science or branches of science that are yet to be fully understood and discovered that's what i th- right. what how i look at them speaking of religion this is a something completely out of context but just a really funny story to share so i'm the kid in second grade asks all sorts of questions to the teacher right <laughs> <laughs> they're like okay ma'am um can you because we're having like a religion or it was in religion we were talking about the bible and she was talking about like you know how the world was created and blah 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 and referencing the bible as a historical book and i'm like okay great great this is a historical book um can you please show me where the where where does the fiction part end where does the history part end? And, like, and he's looking at me I'm like no they're all this is literally what happened this is literally this is what i'm like and i look at her I'm like you can't possibly expect me to believe that this this was literal right like that was in my head i'm like no you're kidding it's not literal like i don't think the creation was literally seven days you know or maybe it is i am happy to be wrong but like at that time it's like really i think that when this book was written you know the language of men may have been limited they're just not able to comprehend the big bang series so god decided to not talk about the big bang series <laughs> if you think about it if you take it literally then we are all literally products of incest so exactly. i mean it ch- I don't think that's the case. I know. So I'm like, so I'm like, uh, maybe it's metaphorical, you know? Maybe it's symbolic, and you know, maybe you shouldn't be insisting that that's very literal. But again, for those who are taking it literally, I respect your beliefs, and I'm not here to argue. This is just my own beliefs, <laughs> and um. I've I've made it a habit to say this as a disclaimer because I actually really do mean it and it means a lot for me to say it. I'm actually happy to be wrong. And this is part of my own spiritual growth because my ego has always loved being right. I took pride in being the smartest person in the room and always being right, always knowing the answers and having the answers. And then it when I went through like an ego death experience, I really embraced that side of me of being happy when i'm wrong because there's opportunity for more learning and for more growth and i and it it makes me really excited <laughs> so yeah um i think that's worthwhile to mention how, how do you how do you go through an ego that experience i'm really curious because uh i actually went through a similar like phase recently uh-huh. Wherein, like, I, I was thinking, like, nothing excites me anymore. Nothing amazes me anymore. Like, I want to be amazed again by something new that I never knew about, or I never learned about. And yeah, that's something that I I had a phase of this like couple months back then. I was like really asking myself that question. So, do you have like any advice or tips for people who are going through something similar? Great question. Um, for me, it was more of a um. I don't know. It came very naturally, and it I came. I think it came 
together with just a really, really deep intention of discovering oneself, of journeying within, and under again um, exploring self-awareness, understanding myself more. Um, and but I have a question for you. I'll ask mm. later. Uh, for me, how it happened is that <laughs> you're gonna laugh at it. Um, a phase in my life where I was really loving playing with my hair. Like my hair was like pink and blonde and gray and like all those different colors, right? And I was loving it because for me it was an expression of my artistic side. Because I'm a makeup artist and I love playing with my hair. And then I noticed, and this is really important. Self-awareness comes with just the act of noticing. That is where it begins. So when I noticed that a big part of my identity, in my opinion, has been tied to my hair. What color my hair is in right now, what style do I have right now, what is my makeup looking like, and all that. So it's a very superficial kind of identity, right? I noticed that I have managed to kind of like tie my identity with how I look. I inspected that. And this is another uh, phase in self-awareness. So noticing, and then inquiring. So then I, when I noticed it, I, I started questioning why. I started asking myself questions that are interesting that I never would have asked before. Like, I was like, huh, why do I feel safe when my hair is long? And why is it that every time something significant happens to me, I will change my hair? And why is it that and I just started asking my, myself a lot of questions and I enjoyed it so much. And I'm like, hmm, what will happen if I let go of this identity? So I shaved my head off. You my shaved your head. head. Not head. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think you've seen a couple of photos, but yeah, I shaved my head like super short. And I look like a, a small Asian boy afterwards, but like just <laughs> completely gone. You know, and I lost probably a waist length kind of hair, just shaved it off. Um, there's a different story to that whole story altogether of me always wanting to try a shaved head even when I was young. But it was that trigger for me of like realizing that I have attached my identity to my hair. And so if you want to try that particular technique, you can simply ask yourself right now, where is your ego attached to? What identities are you attached to right now? And so removing or um, dissociating and freeing yourself from those attachments is a way of healing your ego. It's a way of experiencing an ego test. Ego is basically, in my understanding, your concept of self. Your concept of self that keeps you small. And I know that's a very unconventional way of defining ego, but that's how I see it. Your concept of self that, that keeps you small. And again, everything that you define yourself with is an identity of the ego. It's a limitation that you set for yourself. Mm. So anything that you have now that you feel proud of, just do a quick check-in with yourself. Hmm, who am I going to be without this? Who am I going to without this what am i gonna do how will, how will i be reacting differently without this 
when someone asks you Julio, who are you Julio? And which is why I struggle every single time I'm asked to introduce myself because <laughs> I've got so many ego deaths that it's just so freaking difficult to kind of bring that back for the normies. I'm sorry, for, for a normal conversation to happen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> for someone who's not weird as me. So if I ask you Julio, who are you? What's the first thing you're going to say? Who am I? That's actually, yeah, you're right. It's a very difficult question. <laughs> Let's say I'm a stranger and I'm like, hey, I'm Sarah. Nice to meet you. Hi, what's your name? And you say, hey, I'm Julio. Oh, hi, what do you do? Who are you? Like, I want to know more about you. Who are you? Tell me more about yourself. That's the first thing you're going to say. Who is Julio? How do I identify myself? It's actually a really difficult question to answer. Now I know how you feel. Yeah, I know. But don't overthink. How would you usually introduce yourself? Um, I'm Julio. I'm I love playing video games. And I also love solitude and being alone. Cool. Okay. So Julio, who will you be if you don't love playing video games? Probably a different Julio, because I literally grew up with video games. Yeah, right. I don't know who I will be yeah. if I stop playing video games. Cool. How else would you describe yourself if I want to get to know you? Uh, I have a goal and dream of becoming a hermit in an isolated island. So that's kind of like my 70-year-old Julio dream goal to be. Uh, I want to I want to write a book so, because I feel like that's one way to be remembered when you pass on so th- mm. that's kind of like one of my life goals as well oh. so who will you be if you don't want to write a book if you don't want to live in that deserted island and be a hermit I'd probably be another cog in the workforce and I don't want that. Right. Okay. Interesting. So, as an exercise, and for those who are listening to this show, <laughs> if you guys want to have your very first introduction to your ego death, just continue asking yourself the question until you're like out of answers. When you're literally like just tired asking questions and you have no more no more answer to give yourself. That's a taste, a very, very short glimpse of having freedom from your ego. Wow. Yeah. And I'm... so you're, you're a special kind of person, Julio. Normally someone would say, oh, I'm this and I'm a leader. I'm this and I am a teacher. I'm a professional. I'm a lawyer. I'm like, okay, great. Who are you if you're not a lawyer? Uh, well, I'm a husband to my wife, and I have I'm a father to my children. I'm like, mm. okay, great. You're not a father if you're not a husband to your wife. Oh uh, well, um, I'm a um, I'm a son to my parents, and I'm um, I'm a leader to my community. Okay, perfect. Who are you if you are not your parents? kid and you're not a leader and there you know and it starts to become harder and harder and harder to find the words to define yourself with until you 
reach rock bottom in a good way <laughs> and just reach that ultimate kind of disconnection from everything else that you identify yourself with and is it you, is it normal that i actually felt like you know like asking you asking me those questions i and me answering those like removing them one by one i sort of felt like oh shit what else can i do what else can i be like maybe 100%. there's something else i haven't discovered yet very normal and this is a very good experiential example of like what i what i mean when i say everything that you identify yourself with is a limitation it is a limitation because when you identify yourself as a someone who um this then that means you're kind of allotting your energy and attention there and saying no to all the other things that you're not looking at in that moment does that make sense and then yeah. when you remove that you're like oh suddenly i'm free to choose what <laughs> i have other choices what that's amazing and yeah a lot of people are stuck with what they thought they've they're meant to do and it's not it's not leaky you can literally make have a completely different life tomorrow if you wish to <laughs> like i guess it's, it's kind of like yeah sorry yeah. Uh, i guess it's kind of like the story of how i decided to start a podcast so it's kind of mm. like similar to like this exercise that you had me do because the only reason i decided to make a podcast is because my hard drive died and it took all my video games all my work files and everything and there's literally nothing i can do because it's i'm gonna have to re-download everything reinstall everything reformat everything so i was like okay uh, it's the weekend i was supposed to be playing video games now oh right What i did I mention two years ago that i wanted to make a podcast so i started designing i started creating a format and that was it because everything else was removed perfect. from my options. Mm, that's perfect. And that's so fucking beautiful, Julio. Like I'm actually really proud of you. Um, and that's some that's a skill that I actually teach my clients, my coaching clients of like understanding that something that's happening even though it may feel bad or look bad or can be it can make you angry, actually it's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful gift that you can turn into something that is so much more productive and that can lead you to other brighter possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> But you intuitively did something that a lot of people struggle to do, which is finding the gift in the situation always. Yeah, so good on you. Kudos. Yeah. And I think I also had the same feeling that you said that you had like this feels like something I already innately know, but I don't know mm -hmm. how. So yeah, uh -huh. I, I'm sort of understanding now where you're coming from. Great. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page then. Oh, thank you for that. Go having me go through that sample exercise of what you usually do with your clients, and this is really eye-opening. Yeah. It's it's amazing and very interesting. Like this is perfect for my idea of the show, like exploring different perspectives because this is definitely. A perspective that I've never, I never realized is out there, and yeah, thank you for sharing all of those. So, um, getting towards like your perspective towards like you know, uh, spiritual, a uh, psycho spiritual coaching, 
uh, from and becoming an advanced spiral practitioner uh, and then helping other people like have you ever been in like any situation so far that uh, are there specific people who are difficult or challenging to help as compared to others or, like is there like situations like that it's a really or, good question like or is there like does it require to be you, you need to be in a specific like mindset to be uh to be able to allow yourself to be helped in this way oh i love that um huh. there's only two things that i require a strong intention to change and to do the work and uh, the second one is supposed to be commitment but I think it goes with the intention. If your intention is really strong, it follows that you're going to be committed to doing the work. But um, there, the answer is yes. There is a certain level of awareness that I prefer to for the clients to have to be able to work with me directly, which is why I have created Becoming Triggerless, so that people who are just curious and just want to kind of dabble a little bit into what what a psycho spirit spiritual approach looks like what mindfulness is what personal development is what um self-work or self-love is even because like honestly like this concept is so so new and I, i'm going off tangent again here but just bear with me um i'm going deep into learning about relationships codependency attachment styles and all that and these are all very scientific right relationships dating mm-hmm. but also it's very spiritual uh, what i'm realizing is that i don't know anyone in the philippines in my personal life who have healthy relationships who are non-codependent mm-hmm. in my personal life my friends my people in my family um even people in my acquaintance network have codependent behaviors and i'm like huh that's really really interesting and me going through the work itself the spiral i've gone through the spiral three times already and i'm gonna go through it again for a time um i know that the the changes that this is gonna bring out for people is just so drastic that they have to actually be ready for for things to drop for things to change and a lot of people are scared of changing because it pushes them out of their comfort zone and it's uh, it brings them to unfamiliar places and states and situations and even just emotional states and mindset and it's uncomfortable for people you know and it's scary and for a lot of people and it related back to relating uh, people who are in unhealthy relationships, they don't, they don't, it's very rare that people come out of it on their own because most of the time they're there to begin with because it's a familiar relationship that has been replicated mm-hmm. from their childhood conditioning and relationships that were patterned from their guardian or their parents. It's what they witnessed and that's what they thought is normal. And so even though it's unhealthy and some relationships can be abusive or toxic, it's what they know. It's what's familiar. And a lot of people um, 
think that familiarity equals safety and it's not you know and again sorry for going off tangent again no <laughs> But, this is perfect so um yes the answer is yes uh you actually i i have a very strict screening process and very selective with people that i work with one-on-one -on -one because not only is it really intense work um as i've said it's not just mental emotional work i there's physical energetic and spiritual work involved and it becomes a very intimate process with the person that i work with in fact I get to know them, not just who they are mentally, emotionally, I get to know their soul, I get to know their energy, I get to know their body. And it's a very intimate relationship that I get to form with my relation with my clients. So I'm very selective with who I work with, make sure that they're ready to actually do the process and do the work and welcome the changes. Um, that being said, I created Becoming a Realist because I just want to help people Uh, become more aware of the concepts that I believe in, the practices and the philosophies that I go by. And in that way, those who resonate with the messages that I send out will just naturally gravitate towards the work. And I'm creating, now that you've asked that, I'm actually creating a, a structure that will link where people are at in like a, someone who might be completely new to personal development or completely... Um, just not aware of their conditionings, their programmings, and their own limitations, how they go from there to a place of being ready to receive coaching from me in a very intense, <laughs> powerful, potent way. And so step one would be self-awareness. Step two is self-healing. And this is where the spiral comes in. Self three is self-direction. And this is where... Um, we start going to, well, I've healed all my shit. What do I do now? How do I actually maximize the results and benefits of being truly free? And how do I start directing myself better? You know, so that's step three. And step four is self-transcendence. And this is the journey that I'm starting to kind of um, form in the clients that I work with. And I'm, I'm saying starting to form because... These are just all new downloads for me, that this is the ideal journey that I take people through. So step four is self-transcendence. It's all about, okay, my cup is definitely full now. I know myself, I've healed myself, I know how to direct myself, and I fucking love myself. How do I now transcend this self? And how do I now create impact? And how do I now become part of a community as a responsible adult who is accountable to their own actions and not blaming the government all the time, not blaming my past or my family or whoever. And yeah, how do you transcend the self? That's the final step of working with me. And right now I'm uh, about halfway through like polishing everything. Obviously I already have clients as a spiral practitioner. I'm gonna start training coaches to handle the step one, which is just allowing people to have more self-awareness and giving people the practices, the skills, the techniques to do on their own so that they expand their own personal self-awareness so that they can be ready for this for the healing journey. So that they can be ready for the spiral. And after that is the self-direction where the goal is primarily to allow people to master their own inner resources so that they can lead themselves. So that they don't need me. So they don't rely on anyone else. They know and master how to go within 
to seek answers that they need in that moment. So that's self-direction and then self-transcendence. Yeah, which is more of like, okay, well, how do I do my purpose work and create impact in the world and give back? And it's the, the fourth one is more of a... <sighs> I'm again risking sounding really weird in here, but I, I, don't, I think this is the right show for it. This is all about um, manifest, mastering manifestation in your life. Yeah. And just completely becoming a magical person in the world. <laughs> that's it in the level four yeah uh, a lot of people think like you know the idea like manifesting is like some you know weird thing you know but i actually truly believe in that one um, oh my so scientific actually it's it's so oh. yeah so There's, I, it's, it's actually heavily rooted in psychology as well right like the book the secret before there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of parallels in psychology that You know, if you are focused on a specific thing and you keep repeating that and saying that to yourself that I'm gonna achieve that, then your body and your reactions and everything else basically follows to doing or achieving that thing. You know, you sleep better. So your there's science behind will, it. 100%. Your subconscious mind is going to give you what you command or what you demand it to do so yeah affirmations and things like that they do work um there are certain limitations to it because there are things that we are not aware of that is difficult to break just with affirmations things like that but also not just scientifically if you're also looking at it in a religious like perspective like you know the very first teacher of the law of attraction manifestation is jesus <laughs> go to the bible and look for all verses that resonate with The idea of manifestation and you'll see hundreds sorry there's background noise here uh, there we go that's done okay yeah now that so i think back. about it you're actually right like even like the multiplying of the fish and the bread in some oh, yeah. way it is like manifesting he didn't say what's going to happen or the science behind it he just said just break it and then pass it and it, everyone will be filled And everyone was, it was enough. Ask and you shall receive. Very simple. That's a Jesus quote. (laughs) It's actually true. That's one of the manifestations, yeah. Um, I I see the world very differently from most people. Um, I, I um, I subscribe to the idea that when you open your eyes, the things that you see, It's only 0.000001% of what's actually there. So I actually believe in my inner world more than the external world. And once you master that, and once you live the live your life in that way, it's just so freeing. It just the world becomes your playground, and the world becomes so much easier to live. By. It's like yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm sounding to sound really weird now. <laughs> no, it's actually happy- it's refreshing and amazing. Yeah. Well, When, so. especially like right now in this world that we live in, we're in like there's so much happening, like so many distractions. Like people are, you know, like even the way social media and the internet itself like works, you know, there's 
there are pop-ups everywhere, there are ads everywhere, there are stimulus everywhere. And sometimes it it's important to just take a step back and look inside yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and detoxify yourself from the outside world. Oh, 100%. That's where mindfulness comes in. That's And a lot of people think meditation and mindfulness is difficult. Not really. Like, you can actually be in a meditative state no matter what it is that you're doing simply by being truly present to what you're doing. If you're drinking water and you're, like, really, really present to drinking that water, you're already on that meditative state. If you're washing the dishes, like you're really present really feeling the texture the water hearing everything how the water drips from it and all of that like you're already in a meditative state um and a lot of people who like who are new to mindfulness they they get intimidated with meditation and i'm like when you breathe deeply and connect your breath you're already meditating it doesn't have to be difficult or complicated at all so it's it yeah it's actually a lot easier than what people make it to be um you're right like studying having that one quick step back closing your eyes and just connecting with what's inside of you instead of what seeing externally or experiencing externally you're already practicing self-awareness and mindfulness yeah i guess like it, the reason why a lot of people like look at meditation as something very difficult and very hard is because we have this like fantastical idea you know like Uh, Zen monks and all of that, you know, they have to stay steady and still for hours in a very difficult position to achieve meditation and stuff like that. But it all starts with being aware. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Just noticing. That's the actual, the practice of self-awareness and mindfulness is really just noticing things. Like right now, you, I want you to like, look at your nose right now. And if you're listening okay. to this show, look at your nose. So all your life, your nose has been there. All your life. But did you see it that way? No. But now you can notice that your nose is actually there. And I'm like, oh my God, now you cannot unsee it. And now you're aware that the nose is there. But like, it has always been there. You're just not noticing it. You just you weren't looking at it. And there are so many things like that in our life. Like everything that we seek has always been just right there. And it's a matter of improving that skill of noticing to see what's already there. <laughs> like your nose, who's always been there and you've just not looked at it the whole time, yeah. all your life. <laughs> it's right in front of us, yeah. Now I can't like stop right. looking down in my face. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, you're right. It's always been there, but like there's a process that our mind does, which is deletion, deleting, you know, information or sensory data that we don't need and the mind thinks why would you want to see your nose why do you need to see your nose it's not important for your survival it's not important for blah 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 and so the mind deletes information and that's how we process that's how our conscious awareness processes things we actually experience like billions of information sensory information every minute and we can only hold up to four chunks It used to be seven and nine according to studies, but now we have a smaller um, attention span than that of a goldfish. <laughs> How crazy is wow. that? Because of the 
well. So we can now just hold four bits of information. So right now you can, you're listening to my voice, so you're focusing on that and maybe like looking at the screens, you're focusing on that as well. Maybe in where you're sitting, so you're focusing on that as well. But you weren't paying attention to how you're breathing, you're not paying attention to how your t-shirt feels like. Like, think about it. Your whole fucking skin is a whole sensory system. And every inch of your skin has the ability to send and process information to your brain. But now that I've called your attention to the shirt that you're wearing, you can now feel the texture of your shirt on <laughs> That's your That's true. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a matter of being able to direct that focus. That is a really big skill as well. And it all comes with just noticing. Just notice things. Just notice what your forehead feels like right now. Like, have you ever thought about that? Like, oh my God, what does my forehead feel? Hmm. What does the inside of my finger feel? Huh. What does this like headset I'm wearing right now feel right now? Like, huh. I wasn't thinking about it like 30 minutes ago and I've been wearing it for the whole time. Hmm. And you know, just all these things and you master becoming, um, a, a notice master. <laughs> you notice develop master. that a notice master, a noticer. And no, actually, there's a better term for it. You become the observer. And when you become the observer, you it's yeah, it, it's so much easier to not react to things. And you it's so much easier to come back to presence and like observe. Huh. And you can expand on this idea. I always expanded this idea with my clients, like when you're overwhelmed and you're really angry and you're triggered, like just observe the emotion. It doesn't have to be you. You don't have to be overwhelmed. Just observe and imagine it as a cloud. It's passing through. And just like anything, just like the cloud, it will pass through. The emotion will pass through. The thought, whatever you have, it will pass through. And your job is to just observe, to just notice it. Because you are the consciousness that notices things. In a way that, you know, you have to recognize that it's there, but you don't have to let it decide, dictate, or control you, basically. Exactly. Or sometimes you don't even have to control it. You don't have to, like, bother getting involved with it. Just notice it. I'm like, there's anger coming up? Oh, great. Yeah, I can feel it. That is great. I can release it. Great. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like... Yeah like we are all aware that we are breathing oxygen and exhaling carbon dioxide but if someone asks you like are you breathing then you become conscious am i breathing then you suddenly forget like oh yeah this is i i need to be conscious that i need to breathe rather than it's something like being automatic automatic you know uh with our system yeah absolutely i have a tattoo in here that says breathe because sometimes I do forget to breathe. And I, I see breathing as a very spiritual aspect of our life. Uh, breathing is like the reset button. Technically, we're only alive for like a minute. We just restart every minute through our breath. Yeah. And our breath is what connects us with this earth, with this lifetime, with this particular body. This is what connects our soul to our body. And if you think about it, it's just, it, it's just so amazing to realize that you kind of like get something you don't see, which is air, right? You don't see the air. You take it in and then it transforms into fuel in your body. Like how fucking crazy amazing is that? Yeah. I, I get fascinated <laughs> as you can see. So it's, it's, it's an amazing process. And it's also very, for me, symbolic of 
of the balance of life, of giving and taking. Try to hold your breath. Try to just inhale forever. You won't. You can't. You'll die. You have a limit. Try to exhale forever. You also can't. It's always a balance. What you receive is also what you give. What you give is also what you receive. And yeah, breath is just that perfect symbol of the balance of life. And at the same time, isn't it fascinating that there's only a couple of things that are um, probably just one. Breath is the only thing that is both uh, automatic and like in the background uh, processed by our unconscious mind and also consciously controlled by us, right? Like you can't actually slow down your heart or stop your heart. You can't actually stop your your um, digestion or your stomach mm-hmm. from functioning, but you can control your breath. Isn't that amazing? And I, I'm pretty sure it's not a coincidence. Um, Blaise mentioned to my clients that we have three states always that are interacting, our mental state, emotional state, and physiological state. And when you're overwhelmed and you can't think straight because you're stressed and your brain freezes up, you know, I'm sure you know that when you're in that mm. response and your brain freezes up and you're not thinking clearly and you're overwhelmed emotionally, there's one thing that we can't control and that's our physiology and that's our breath. And how amazing is it that with the power of our breath, we can come back from that stressed state into a relaxed state just by controlling the way we breathe. And I think that's a really, really, really good skill to have. I guess it's yeah. not like an accident, you know, like one of the main advice that like people give to people who are like panicking, you know, uh, firemen, doctors and everything. Like if someone is panicking or something, they always tell the person, just breathe, you know, inhale, exhale, just breathe. So I guess it's that's not an accident at all. Definitely, oh no, definitely not an accident. And, and I told you, I love understanding how things work. And the breathing, the way we breathe actually helps signal the brain to go back into a relaxed state. If you're familiar with the autonomic response, of the brain of like being in a stress state, the sympathetic state and the relaxed state, which is the parasympathetic state. With the use of our breath, we can bring back the body and our mind and our emotions into equilibrium and go back into the rest state or the parasympathetic state with our breath. If we inhale slowly and exhale longer than we inhale, we actually trick our, we hack our body, we hack our mind and um, allow our brain to kind of go back into that balance of relaxing instead of the stressed fight, flight, freeze, fawn, freak out, fuck up state (laughs) to a rest and digest state. So those two states are really important for our survival. Like in the stress state, that's for short-term survival. Like if the building is burning or if you're being chased by a bear or a tiger you know we have to actually be really alert and have adrenaline in our body have cortisol in our body and have um a faster heartbeat and faster breathing but it's not actually important right now in the modern world because we don't get those threats all the time anymore all our threats are now in our minds you know are now the neighbor the boss or lack of money or relationships or whatever right so our bodies actually think that there's always this constant stress sore around but it's actually within us and so it's really important to learn properly to breathe 
so that you can you know go back to yeah. that rest and digest state you don't have indigestion and you um, are able to access your brain in full and not always be trying to survive not always um, in a stressed state because when you're stressed your IQ drops that's just really simple I guess that also explains why because I, 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 I'm also like practicing like conscious breathing for quite some time now uh, it started off when I got interested in like practices and teachings of Buddhism so I was like mm. consciously breathing and what one of the byproducts that I found is that whenever I practice conscious breathing I become sleepy or I fall asleep so I guess that explains it yeah. because I'm becoming more relaxed because of it yeah, the rest and digest state, definitely, yeah. And you stop releasing all the adrenal hormones and the stress hormones that keeps you awake, that keeps that keeps, you know, um, activating your senses. And you yeah, definitely you start to relax. Um, in yoga, not just in Buddhism, in yoga there's a breathing method called pranayama. And it's very important for yogis to kind of practice that because it's really linked to spiritual awakening as well. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenza has his own breathwork. Wim Hof has his own breathwork. But breathwork has now become popularized and supported by science. And we now understand how important it is to actually really breathe properly. And all the mag magical results and all the amazing physical benefits that we get out of properly breathing. That's why, yeah, I love breath work. <laughs> I don't teach it. I do practice it, but I don't teach it. Um, but I do introduce a very basic level of breath work to all of my clients. It's now mandatory that all of my clients know how to actually breathe properly so that they know how to hack their own system and bring their own system into calm, relaxed state and not, you know, panic all the time, not get overwhelmed all the time. Yeah. Wow. That, that's, that's really cool. There's, I'm learning a lot <laughs> during this interview. I expected this uh, podcast to go. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of things I learned and like realizing. And like what you said earlier, like there are things that, oh yeah, so that's what it means, what I was experiencing. You know, something that innate that you somehow realize that I think I already know about this, but I'm just realizing it now. So that's, exactly. that's amazing. Exactly. Do you have like, do you have any advice? You know, I know you're very, you have like, you screen your clients, your, your, the people you work with uh, one on one by one on one uh, very carefully. But if you have like a specific advice to everyone in general, people who wants to simply improve their lives, do you have like something uh, you think people should start doing or start practicing? Yes, definitely. One thing is, do not believe your beliefs. Question your beliefs. That's the first thing. Be willing to start questioning all of your beliefs. Be willing to understand that your reality is not the only reality that exists. That's one thing. Once you start accepting that, oh my God, the world will become a much better place because people will stop insisting on their version of reality and imposing it on everyone else and everyone will just become more respectful and more harmonious you know so just start with accepting the fact that your reality is not the only reality that exists and start questioning all of your beliefs be willing to be wrong 
be willing to change your beliefs and have that growth mindset and understand that everything is a process, everything is a journey. And that uh, even though you change your belief now and you feel like you have a better belief because you've changed it, two months from now, next year, you may still want to change that for something that's even better. Yeah. So question, um, practice self-inquiry. Have fun inquiring um, within yourself. Ask yourself all the crazy questions you can find. Start questioning why you like a certain type of beverage, a certain type of color. Start questioning why you react in a particular way or why, or just start listening even to the voices that you have in your head and start questioning them. Is that actually true? Huh? Can I actually not do this? Huh? Am I actually really good at this? Or like, you know, like, because a lot of the limitations that people have is just like thoughts or beliefs that they have about themselves. So if you start questioning your beliefs, you become limitless. Become limitless. Kind of reminds me of like the movie Limitless. I really love that movie. Oh, Basically, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing all of that to to me. This is this has been a very very eye-opening and mind-opening interview session. I'm glad you think so. Can I add something else that I think is also really equally important to share yeah, with sure, sure. people listening? Um, I really want to invite everyone to love themselves enough, love themselves enough to do the work within, to work on themselves, to question themselves, to focus on personal development and mindfulness and everything that can benefit them. Because the more that you work on yourself, the more you can show up for people around you as well. Don't be afraid to shine and don't be afraid afraid to embrace your authentic and to let everyone else see your authentic self because when you do, you inspire others to do the same. You inspire others to embrace the greatness that is also within them. So that's, I think, a beautiful message to impart <laughs> to our listeners tonight. Is this nighttime? <laughs> uh it yeah, is now uh, i guess it where now, you are yeah. it is night now um yeah. yeah i definitely personally i definitely feel like i've been more self-aware uh, during this interview so that's awesome that's great cool okay yeah um before like you know this has been like an amazing amazing interview I, I learned a lot and I'm pretty sure people who will be listening to this one will also learn a lot uh, with the things that you shared. Um, maybe um, you can tell people now, like, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about you? Uh, is there anything you want to shout out or promote your page, perhaps? Um, the floor is yours. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So if you guys want to see more of me ranting about the things that I think about <laughs> the downloads that I have about life spirituality relationships and everything else in between um, my Facebook page is becoming triggerless my Instagram page is a new page uh, it's at triggerless life and um, I also have a personal uh, Instagram it's at Sarah M Suyom S-E-Y-O-M my website is sarahsuyom.com uh, what else uh, I am actually planning to also release a podcast and this podcast is just going to be a collection of all the coaching calls that I do with my clients, but just my part of the conversation, obviously, mm. for confidentiality. 
but I usually have so many downloads and inspirational, <laughs> quotable quotes and lessons in my coaching sessions. And I think it would be amazing to share that with the rest of the world. So uh, watch out for that. <laughs> I don't have a name yet, but it's probably going to be Triggerless Talks. I'm not sure yet. Um, I am going to open a group coaching uh platform soon so that's something to look forward to as well a lot of my one-on-one clients have always come back to me and looked for like more offers to work together I'm like okay <laughs> let's do that um for those who feel like they're alone in their personal development journey you can look for the group that i've uh, started within the year it's called self-work movement um and it's all about finding your tribe and knowing that you're not alone in your inner work and there's so many free resources in there i like writing so i, I have produced two ebooks about self-love and um, mindfulness you can download that from the website and the links are also linked on the self-work movement group and lastly if you feel like you are a conscious person and you want to connect with more conscious people and you want to go journey go to a journey of self-awareness and just really expanding your consciousness i'm also building a new community and it's called conscious community philippines so look watch out for that um it's gonna be new so there's not gonna be a lot there yet but i'm hoping to build a really strong community of people that is really dedicated to expanding their awareness and their consciousness and in that way raising the consciousness of the filipino people altogether awesome so guys if you want to check out sarah i'm gonna put all of those links down below on the description in this podcast um it will be on our facebook page when this podcast goes live um thank you so much for being on the show and this is truly uh, not just inspirational, but more using your own term. This is transcendent uh, experience. <laughs> so thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much for that. You're welcome, Julio. Thank you so much for having me here and for also dedicating your time in doing this and um, inviting me over. I, I love sharing what I do and I love, yeah, I love helping people. I hope. Listeners, I hope you guys found something useful as well. So if you have any questions, I do live streams, by the way, and um, I'm happy to answer questions. So send them in my page. Thank you for having me, Julio. Awesome. Oh, by the way, before we end the show, I always uh, love asking our guests, like, if the whole world is your audience right now and you're able to ask the whole world one question, what question would that be? Ooh, I already asked a lot of questions, but if you are on your deathbed and you're about to die, what would you regret not doing? And what are you waiting for right now? That's it. That's awesome. Guys, if you have an answer to that question, if you want to answer that question, um, don't be shy. Leave it in the comments below. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And as Sarah said, you know, it's all about starting of becoming aware and expressing those awareness uh, to other people. So feel, don't hesitate to leave your answers on the comments. Uh, this has been a very wonderful episode of our show. 
thank you so much once again to Sarah for being part of this interview. And see you guys on the next episode of Interviews with Mr. Midnight. Goodbye.